so I am uh, um, Kara Nicole, and uh, you can find me everywhere as AZ Power Girl. Kind of an accidental hiccup in my uh, branding there. Over the years, before this became a thing, I'm a full-time professional cosplayer, comic book model, uh, comic book publisher, creator, and uh, marketing guru, think tank. Basically a bunch of jobs because nobody can afford to live off one. Yeah, yeah. That's uh that's like so this is your this is like the third, maybe four at third, I think, time on the podcast. And I always think of like every time we talk, we talk so much about like what's going on, projects, things like that. But also you are always I, I think you you just have like a good marketing brain and you always have like things that you're working on. And uh that's what that's what I'm like always impressed by. Like even I was talking to someone earlier today about cosplay. And uh, just looking at like, you could like Google those like top cosplayers, uh, or, you know, top 10 cosplayers in the world. And like so many of them don't even have like their own website or merch or any of that stuff. So like, you know, I think it's, it's great that you've kind of like, you know, you have your following and then you've like built it into like, here's how to actually follow me. And here's how to actually stay in contact this will be this is what i'm doing and you've like nurtured the fans over the years to kind of be like this is what i do every year and things like well, that they so. want it they want it and i'll tell you it's it's not an easy business it's not an easy thing to do in any entertainment i mean you do comedy it's the same thing and mm-hmm. what is the number one downfall in trying to build your brand or your business in any type of entertainment time and money yeah Because if you can't afford to live your life, if you can't afford to pay your bills, then how are you, how are you supposed to choose your craft? Mm -hmm. And if your craft doesn't pay for you to do those things, then how are you supposed to continue doing those things? So you have to take that leap. And, you know, Alfred and I, my husband, we've been in that situation where, okay, we only have X amount of money. Mm -hmm. We would use it to go on a show. Like we have this much money. We can go to a show and make more money and build up, or we can go to that show, not make that money and we're screwed. Yeah. (laughs) But you take those risks, but you don't put all your eggs in one basket either. So maybe you do go do some sideline work. You do go do some Postmates, some Uber, some whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's like, that's exactly, it's so funny. Cosplay and comedy are like so similar that way of like a comedian like a classic road that everyone knows is that comics like release an hour. They make money, hopefully on that hour, they tour that hour. And then it's kind of like what next. And it's kind of, and that's, that's like all risk. Cause nowadays it's like, you're releasing it on YouTube maybe. And then you're hopefully getting some gigs from it. Like, it's like very, I like pick it is your brain based. on that. I want to pick your brain on that because when you start putting out your content, online where like you have to have more content yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) you have to have more content and that's what always made me nervous about putting content out online is that i gotta come up with new jokes everyone's heard that joke however the other side of that is people want that joke they want to see that joke live they want to laugh at it and then sometimes you don't nail it yeah like if you tell a borg joke at a dive bar, it is very not likely to hit. You've heard mm-hmm. that Borg joke. You might have gotten it. Nobody else laughed. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing too, is like, uh, like, you know, earlier this year I filmed, uh, my TV show and then, uh, there's like, I do 15 minutes in that. And some of that 15 minutes has never been released. Right. But mm-hmm. now that it's the show's going to come out in 2023, And like, I'm happy about that because I've had time to write other things. So then if you come see me in 2023 on tour, it's not going to be any of that stuff you saw on the TV show. So like, you know, the spacing kind of really helps with that, but you're right. Cause it's like, you know, if I only had that hour or whatever material, and then you're like, I saw it last year, you know, (laughs) like I, I saw his hour last year. I don't need to see it this year, you know? So Right. And they'll, they'll see it once. But even if you do a show, there's those jokes. They want those few classic jokes from day one. And you got to be able to pull those and remember what's what, and you got to segue to it. Yeah. No, you're right. I'm excited that you have a show. I mean, but so it's interesting because one of the things we've always talked about, like you said, is the marketing. And Mm -hmm. if you're going to, you're going to need a side hustle when you get into entertainment, no matter what you have to have a side hustle because you need to be able to afford to live. Now, my first thing, whenever someone says, you know, I don't really think that cosplay, you shouldn't be doing that for money. You should just do that for fun. And you know, my (laughs) response to that is, do you think I'm fat? (laughs) And if they say "Uh, no, then why don't you want me to eat? Right. Yeah. So it's like, I love that you enjoy your art, but like, I don't think you should live off of your art. <laughs> like, that's like crazy. <laughs> I don't think people should love off of selling groceries. I think they should just give them all to me for free. Yeah. <laughs> Farmers should do it because they love the animals, right? Yeah. They love the hobby of farming. <laughs> yeah. So, but what you can do, and you know this actually just as well as I do, and it's something that people don't think about when they want to do this sort of thing is have your side job, be Mm -hmm. conducive to your end result. So like for me, I love marketing. I love looking at someone's like, I'll go through my friend's, uh, you know, Facebook page. She'll be like, Oh, I got this new book out. I'm like, super cool. And then I'll go to her Facebook page and I'm like, let's have a talk. This is how you make a post. This is when you make a post. (laughs) These are things you need to, these are things you're doing wrong to not maximize your potential. Right. You're right. You want a website. You want your landing page. You want everything to spiderweb back to you. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, like art. Um, Alfred Trujillo, my husband, one of the things that really advanced his art was doing photography. Oh, really? And, yeah, because he did my photography. So he learned how to use the resources from Photoshop to do those edits to do those things and it gave him a perspective on posing and um edits and how to maximize you know your space and your laws of thirds and you, and he attributes all of that to art he had he uses my photos for references for poses for all of those things and he owns them mm-hmm. and that's the kicker do you have the right to do what you're doing yeah yeah, I mean, that's like, I know that's like a huge talk of like reference photos of like for when you're creating like graphic designers and stuff like that. Like the references is like mm-hmm. big. I mean, there was like that whole lawsuit with like the, uh, the, I, I, I don't remember. It was like some like flyer that was designed that there was a whole lawsuit over. 
of the, exactly that of like the reference photo used so oh man i love that sort of stuff by the way i love the all the legalese and that sort of thing and i would love to like do a lawyer show <laughs> yeah <laughs> on that i would i watch all those lawyer shows and i would love to do some of those there's the whole batman thing right now with bill finger Oh, really? What's like, there's like a new update or what? Just Well, no, I haven't heard anything and I'll hit up my buddy. So my buddy is dating uh, Bill Finger's granddaughter. Okay. And she's a part of, they're engaged in, uh, they're a part of, she's a part of that lawsuit. So Bill Finger was actually the designer of Batman. Mm-hmm. So the other guy, it was his idea, but Bill did all the work, got yeah. no credit, none. Absolutely. Yeah. None. And all his family wants is I mean he died penniless and alone. It was very sad. Um, yeah. But now we're dealing with the new guy who created a Batman story on spec. He was a writer for DC. He and you write down your ideas mm. and you send it in. And if yeah. they use it, they contract you. They didn't right. use it. They didn't contract him, but they made a damn movie out of it. Oh man. So then Warner Brothers was like, "Look, DC, we need you to sue him for making this story without permission." That's going to bring up a whole mess of stuff, including is fan fiction legal? Yeah. I mean, just like that's like that's a whole bottle you don't want to open in a way, because I mean, that's like with script, like in comedy, like if I wanted to write on a comedy show and it's like I want to write on Modern Family, I don't send a Modern Family script to them. I send them like a Simpsons script or, or maybe like, you know, something else that's not their show because like they they don't want any legal problem where it's like if the if i in a year say hey you know i had a similar joke in my modern family script and i know that you saw it because i sent it to you they they just don't want to handle any of that so to avoid that they're like just send a different show that's similar that's, or just gets the that's voice interesting. i did yeah. not know that that's yeah. very cool thank you for that information yeah yeah it's definitely like a um yeah like spec script that's why they're always like Anytime you're like writing spec spec scripts for comedy, they always like say like as have as many as you can because like you're just gonna probably submit some, but also they might need like portions of it, and then probably someone like a staff writer is gonna like a head staff writer is probably gonna look over it and be like, yeah, hey, yeah, this guy gets it, this guy understands uh, how how to write this, and then they move on from there, and that's kind of like how the like introduction process goes for it, but. It's, you know, it's all based on like, they don't, they don't want something that's for their show. Let me tell you, I got some Ali Wong content that I'm like, Ali would just. Yeah. Like, this is so her. (laughs) Yeah. You should just write it into like, if it's, I don't know what it is, but you could just write into like a spec script kind of thing. And you're like written. Oh, it's dirty. No, I can't go into a script. It would be more like, (laughs) like, yeah, like writing jokes for her stand up because, and especially if you want to work with ABC cannot put out anything dirty. And that's what happened with um, Gabriel Iglesias, if you recall. Oh, really? Yeah. No. Yeah, Fluffy. He um, he uh, wanted to get onto ABC. So he cleaned mm. it up. And he even said, I cleaned it up because I want to get on ABC. They're talking to me. And then Netflix got him in and his show tanked. It was awful. I was surprised they brought in a second season. I was like, this is not Fluffy's, you know, it's it's not his it's it's what, what are you doing it was like a head yeah. of the class kind of a thing and it's like no but, but i do i do get to put out a lot of my stuff 
in uh in in our comic books mm-hmm. so uh our book fire bitch i know the name uh, i'll tell you when you learn about marketing you do not do what i did first of all <laughs> a swear what do you mean you don't want a name <laughs> you don't want do not put a swear in your name avoiding <laughs> social media will cut you down and then you do not want the initials fb because then facebook thinks you're talking about them yeah. yeah yeah like the whole world like that time that spike lee tried to sue spike tv because everyone's gonna think it's my channel and everyone's like nobody gives a shit about you spike sorry yeah people yeah. are like who's spike i don't you know like, who are you <laughs> but i did immediately think spike lee when spike tv came out absolutely of course i did <laughs> so you know i get it yeah. but but yeah, so, you know, these types of things, but Firebitch is our, it's a, it's a comedy superhero comic book and we made it too big, but that's okay because now I can break it down into six issues that can come out month to month. Um, mm. But my ultimate goal actually for that is to get an animated series. Everyone's live action. It's like, she's literally the only human being. Yeah. Except for like a dead guy and a side character who's still on earth. Everyone else is an alien. So absolutely not make it animated. And yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've read fire bitch yet. Um, I haven't read it, but, okay. but I'll no. send you the PDF and yeah. When, when did you start working on fire bitch? And then, cause I'm always interested in this. When do you start? And then when did it like the first thing come out of fire bitch? Okay, so it actually went a very roundabout way that we don't do anymore. But uh, many, 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 many years ago, uh, Alfred, my husband, he's just drawing. He draws on everything. Mm. This is before he had like an iPad and a phone that had all this that he could draw. He would draw on cups and envelopes at the bank and just anything. And yeah. he drew and it was on an envelope from the bank. And I know this because it was in the post. And um he posted a picture of her and it was she had this fiery hair it was it was black mm-hmm. and white like boob windows and all these weird like holes in her outfit <laughs> and he says give her a name and mike DeBalfo, he's a pretty prominent comic book artist and he says fire bitch and i was like <laughs> and whenever i get that look it's i have a terrible idea you're gonna love it and uh i just started mouthing off about a social media diva an influencer who gets sucked into a vortex landing on an alien planet and Mm -hmm. that's what we did she's got a little bit of stan smith in her um you know she can't pronounce these people's names so she calls them whatever they want so her little sidekick is called taco Uh, (laughs) like i'm just gonna call you taco and she just doesn't care that there's aliens around because she's so self-absorbed um you know she doesn't know how to fight so you have to learn. You notice how whenever someone gets superpowers, they suddenly know how to fight. She does not yeah. know how to fight. Doesn't know how to fight at all. Um, so she has to learn. So how does a woman who doesn't know how to fight fight? You know, she scratches, she kicks, she, you know, she kicks you in the junk. Um, you know, she's worried about breaking a nail. Mm-hmm. And so now we're on issue three. We're on the final chapter of this story arc. And so yeah, we put out an issue a year and then we're going to break it down and have smaller issues in the future instead of doing these longer chunks and put out more. Uh, yeah. But normally, normally what happens is you have an idea, you kind of like throw it down and then you come back to it and you're like, what am I going to do with this? And there have been stories where um, like 
my story uh, regarding Ruth started out as a story about a little girl who gets eaten by uh, a demonic teddy bear. Mm. And my husband was concerned because it's a book. It, it was a story about a child and our fans might not like that. So I aged her up and I had her telling the story of what happened when she was a child. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you kind of go through, you figure out, you got to think about your marketing too. You got to think about who your fans are, who's going to read this, what they're going to get from it, why they would want it and what they might not want. So the horror book was a little bit different because it was four short stories that were shorter comic books. Um, But yeah, you go through that and you, uh, and I'm actually working on possibly a, um, a series of how to create comics because people think it's so easy. (laughs) Yeah. They think uh, any of that stuff is very easy. (laughs) It's really Especially comics. It's like, there's like extra steps that you don't, you don't know how to make. You don't know. You don't know. You don't realize yeah. lettering is not as easy as you think. Mm-hmm. There's maybe one lettering resource out there. Um, and you, they don't know about that. They don't know how to letter a book, how to sound effect a, a book, um, how to lay out a book. Yeah. Storyboarding in general is like a whole, like you can write a script for a comic book. Cause like I've, I've done them in the past, like written a script and then like worked with an artist and they've been like, okay, but like, what's this look like you know like you're not there's not like like in a script like a normal script for a film and stuff there's not too much about like and there's a tree here and this is there you know there's not and it's like in comics you're creating literally like where's the camera how are things looking how close are things what like you know all that and a lot of writers new writers don't know how to storyboard and they don't know how to put down on paper the expressions of these things. Like in yeah. one of the stories I had, uh, I used jacaranda trees. Well, our colors doesn't know what that means. So she made <laughs> them all like green trees. Well, jacaranda trees have a lot of purple flowers. They're very purple. They don't look mm. like, like green leaf trees. They look like purple trees. So yeah. you have to make sure, put these references, every single thing into it. Um, if you have a phone in the early 1900s, what does it look like? It's not a cell phone. It's not a rotary phone. It it has a specific type. Where are you at? Where you know? Where are you at in the world? In the country? In uh in time? Take considerations for those. And something that I tell people now is, if you don't really know how to do that, a lot of times new people go for a cheap artist, and I understand why, because yeah. they don't have a lot of money, which is where crowdfunding comes in. But you can hire a layout artist. Oh, really? Yes, absolutely. So you find someone that does great layout. So what we do is if it's a story that we really believe in how it's going to be laid out, we want like fire bitch. We don't do necessarily all the interiors on it, but we will lay that thing out. Mm-hmm. So you can hire someone like, cause Alfred's an amazing uh, layout person. He can like direct a story and really maximize that. It's not a standard four panel you know, pop up, it's dynamic panels, it's insert panels and that sort of thing. And I'm pretty good in a script of giving that information, but Firebitch is like so powerful that we'll do all the layouts and we want it to match up because we'll combine artists. So he'll do some pages and other people do pages. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we've done that quite a bit. And so 
you can hire someone to just lay out the whole thing and create thumbnails. These are where all your panels are. This is how it's going to look. And then your artist comes in and recreates that page in their art style. This is where these people are. This is where this tree is. This wow. is what this house looks like. That way you don't end up with a standard four to six panel page, you know, unless that's something you're going for. Right. But then you have to make your story work with that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even know that existed, but that makes so much sense of just Nobody like having someone go. I actually just made it up over the past month because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you can do this now. And I don't see why you can't. And I've talked to a few other people and they're like, that's a really great idea. Yeah. That's like, that's a wonderful idea. Cause like, yeah, it's just laying it out in general is just boggling. <laughs> like just. <laughs> yes, uh, it is. Yeah. So why not? And then that way you can get a really good storyteller at a cheaper price. And then you can hire a less expensive artist. And it's not that those artists aren't good. It's that mm -hmm. they don't have the experience in storytelling to be able to maximize that. So it's a really great way for a beginner to um, be able to put out a really high quality product affordably. Yeah. And that makes sense. And yeah, I, I totally get it as someone that's done like interesting different products that aren't like out of like like you know right now i i just released a coloring book and then i'm i just am about to finish working on my second coloring book what? and uh you know like that's like totally not in the realm and like yeah i went in it with like let's spend as least amount of money as possible and then once like the co the coloring book came out and it was like did okay on sales i was like all right yeah let's do a second one you know, like let's, you know, in like a yeah, little more Yeah, was it effort. printed or was it digital? Yeah, it's printed. Yeah, you can actually, uh, it, it's only sold on Amazon right now. So that's like where you can get it. But so they I, print I, it for you. They print it for me and I love it because it, it it's like people order it and then like two or three days later, it's like to their door. Perfect. I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. And, you know, you've inspired me to maybe put out some of our books that way you should you um, totally should put them as, as like I, even if you just made like two or three coloring books in different niches where you're like you know like like a cosplay one a comic book one a you know like and just covered these niches people are searching that on amazon like crazy so i just found a niche that worked for me and i was like that was my plan from the beginning so yeah you're gonna have to send me that link that's cool yeah, yeah. So I made a uh it's a retro video game coloring book and I made it because of my TikTok account where I fix retro video game systems. And what? so it's like No, you do that. not. Yeah. Yeah. Did you not know that? No, I am all about retro video games. Okay. I love them so much. Are you on uh are you on Twitch? No, I'm not just TikTok. Just TikTok right now. You don't but stream? Like, you don't stream retro video games? I do on TikTok, but I haven't on Twitch at all yet. You so. stream on Twitch. Okay, so you're doing really well on Twitch then. No, on, TikTok. on TikTok. TikTok. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I just uh I became part of their TikTok program for gaming. So they're I'm a partner on their gaming. Okay. Like like this is like I this is a game gear that I did. And it was like a whole series where I like did the whole case and I did all the stuff to it and like re like how to do all the caps, all that stuff. So 
Okay, this is all going to fall down behind me, but I'm going to pull this out for you. There you go. <laughs> so this is a retro arch and it has like 2,500, mm. 3,500 games in it. And, yeah, uh, I have, I I have one terrible. of those too. I'm terrible at gaming. I'm awful. I just yell a lot um, because I'm very bad at playing. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I like playing it. It's very soothing. It's easy to do on planes and stuff like that. I do a lot of like handheld gaming, like retro gaming. But um, yeah, I just like during the pandemic, I got really into like repairing them. And I'd buy them broken and just like fix them. And and uh, that TikTok account is uh, <laughs> like surpassed my comedy account right away. <laughs> like, like people yeah, were you way need more to send that, that to me. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah, I'll send that to you. I'll, I'll send it over. But I hate TikTok because yeah? I do. And it's because of the abuse that I see. I see like people that I really, really love and care about going through terrible depressions, through terrible like life problems. And all they do is send me friggin' TikToks. It's like, get off this shit. I don't like have any time. TikToks? You have all this time to send me crap. It's not even good stuff. It's not even like this is meaningful or whatever. It's just like, like idiotic garbage. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, like, during the pandemic, I spent too much time on there. But... Pandemic, I don't even count that. I don't even count that at all. I think we all did what we had to do. I'm yeah, talking about survive. now. Yeah, that's true. Well, I can't I, get I, a job because I... I'm on TikTok all damn day. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely cut down on, on my use now. But, uh, yeah, it, it can be it can be a landslide where you're all of a sudden you're on there for hours. But... <laughs> Well, if you're making, if you're making like headway there, absolutely. Just remember though, comedy is your, your jam, right? Like comedy is what yeah. you want and it's easy to get distracted. So like in my business, I'll get people a lot of times telling me, oh, why don't you just do OnlyFans? Oh, why right. don't you just do lewds? And it's like, well, because I could go out there and I could put a bunch of like nakedy pictures out there, but how long does that last to me? And what does that do for my future? If I'm spending my time doing that, then mm -hmm. I'm not focusing on my actual goal, which is to have comic books out. Yeah. Like comics are my, and I will use my cosplay for my comics. I will shoot comic book covers and that sort of thing. I will absolutely do that. But at the end of the day, for me just to go around on OnlyFans, masturbating does not benefit <laughs> my my end game and many girls yeah. do that and they don't make very much money oh if you do this you'll make all this money will you give that money to me now as a guarantee right you'll make yeah. you know online if you look me up online i am worth three million dollars i'm worth look, two or three million dollars online that's totally not true <laughs> i was like where are you where you've been hiding this money <laughs> in my butthole which is why i can't show uh, it on only fans because then okay. you're gonna know where i have all my money yeah that's where that's where she stores it <laughs> well and that's you know yeah exactly so you know all, all the things that you see about people don't take it to heart don't think it's true um and those are the things is we watch other people in our field and we're like oh right but they're doing that and they're making this um you know we have a mutual friend um kid ever and he mm. just completely had a fit online he's like you know what i my tours canceled 
my girlfriend broke up with me and I have spent so much time doing all these shows and he does so many shows. Mm-hmm. Like he does, he does a lot. And, uh, you know, he, what did he get for it? He had to drive to, you know, drive through like eight states in a beater to make yeah. what, 50 bucks a night at a dive? Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I love that life. We were just at open mic the other night, you know, you're at this old like rundown dive and you're on a stage and it's great and it feels good and nothing, like no amount of internet fame or streaming or posting online feels like being on that stage. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, it just doesn't. So yeah, it is hard though. Like that's like talking about comedy that way where it's like, it is um you know because you do have to get on stage a lot to get good and that's like the thing about stand-up is like you have to keep doing it over and over and like yeah you got to take some terrible gigs over the years and you know things like that you can't avoid it but um it's then you start thinking like like how i like you know where i'm at now of like yeah i'm gonna do these tours but when i tour i'm gonna make sure that i get everyone's email addresses and i'm gonna go to cities that i I'm definitely going to come back to and like, like how can I optimize and like what merch can I sell and like, what can I promote while I'm there? And like, you know, you're just like really being like picky and like strategizing how to do it. So it's like, even if you're, you make 50 bucks, but maybe you sold 300 shirts or something crazy, you know, like, I have you know, never that's way better sold than the past. much merch. I've never really? ever sold much merch. Yeah. I've never really had comedy merch. Um, I do. I have a t-shirt that it says, sorry about Kara. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah. Shirts. I've only had one really successful shirt. The rest of them have been very like meh. Um, and then that's why I'm like playing with like new ideas of like the coloring book. And then like uh, now for like when I, when I tour and stuff, I, I have like coffee that I sell at shows. That's like branded for me. So it's like, I'm like trying to get away from like doing t-shirts or anything. Because the one thing about t-shirts, it's like, if you don't have their size, you're not making the sale and that's tough. And, or maybe they don't like the design. That's a whole nother thing. So yeah, it, it, you know, selling merch is like always like a moving object, but yeah, I'm trying new things because I I don't want to be the, I don't want to keep pushing shirts for the next 10 years, but maybe I'll go back to them, you know, like I don't. Well, but you right can do now, it on I feel demand. like trying things. Yeah, you can yeah, do definitely. it on demand. You can have a tablet and be like, these are all the shirts I have. Here's what they look like in real life. They buy it. You bing, bang, boom. It'll be at your house in a couple of days. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's a good I've point. I never really thought in, about uh, that. In cosplay and in, uh, in comics do that as well. Um, if mm. you don't have shirts, what is the first thing they ask for? Bringing shirts. Yeah. Yeah. They will ask for a shirt. And I like that you did that. That was one of the things that I always really appreciated about you is that you think outside of the box when it comes to merch. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm really trying to like, you know, you just every year I tour, every year I'm doing shows, but like, how do I make it different? You know, how do I like motivate? Cause like, you know, like my shirts, I felt like them getting stale and the sales definitely showed that it was getting stale. And then, you know, but I like that idea. I even think about it, like maybe having one and then having my iPad and being like, you want one here, you know, print it. I can do that. 
Um, but like buttons have always done well for me. It's crazy how, much how people make just... on a button versus how much they cost. Not like they cost like pennies, and then you can make like two bucks, three bucks. Yeah, you know, I mean, I knew a guy shirts and... cost more, and I make less, you know, like, yes, but in the grand scheme of things, this is where it gets hard. So you go and you do your gig and you make 50 bucks and then you sell eight buttons and you've yeah. made about $5. Yay. Like it just sucks. It makes yeah, it very sucks. complicated. And yeah, you know, and hopefully you got so, some email lists. <laughs> so, so let's, so you buy that button maker, it costs you $200. Right. And then, okay. Okay, so then you've got that. If you want to do t-shirts, they're expensive. So what does everyone do? They buy white. Nobody wants a white t-shirt. Nobody wants a white shirt, no. Nobody wants a white shirt. Everyone wants a black shirt. (laughs) Nobody can afford to buy a hundred black shirts in different color, in in different sizes and styles. Yeah, it's true. Every every year, the shirt size changes. So my biggest shirt size that was sold pre-COVID was a 2X, and it is now a 3 to 5X. And once you're starting to get over three, like three and up, it costs you more. Yeah, it does. Like dollars, like a dollar, three dollars, four dollars. Like it can, it gets crazy. And like, yeah, like every time I go on tour, it's like 200 to like, maybe $500 investment in shirts just to bring like just to buy them and have them and then and then like I always hate when I like immediately have all of them because I'm like I don't want to be the guy that has these in my garage for like five years or something you know I'm like I better sell these all on tour so I always like I'm always like I always buy just enough that I think I'll sell for tour but um yeah it's true it's hard though because like the, you know, like getting an email is more important than selling a button. So like, you know, I give away stickers, I'll give away things and kind of like hope to get like an email because if I build that list of like going back to like Atlanta and I have like 300 emails, yeah. like that's helpful for ticket sales the next time around. Um, But it's, it's but, hard, but I, you know, but now you got your emails. Yeah. So you have to have content to email them and you can't piss them off to where they unsubscribe, but you can't just leave them there and, oh, I'm going to Atlanta. And because then now it's going to sit in spam. They're never going to open it. They're not going to remember who you are. Yeah. You have to build a, a year. relationship yeah. with them. Yeah. Show them that you care. And people in these small towns, they appreciate that we will go there. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of times the the really big people, they're not going to go to, you know, to these small towns. Right. And, That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. You- there's many times where I've been on tour where it's like a city I've never, it's like a small city on the way to a big city. And th- those shows always do great because you're, you're, you're the biggest event hopefully happening that night, you know? And so, that like is that. absolutely something that has happened uh, in my case, quite a bit that, yeah, you know, and, and it's funny because a lot of times, you know, you do have fans and they'll be like, Oh, well you should bring out so-and-so and they don't realize so-and-so is a hundred thousand dollars yeah yeah (laughs) so some people are like oh yeah you know we can't afford this person but we're grateful that you came out here yeah yeah i that reminds me of one time i got asked to do a show by a large like a company that wanted to bring out a big headliner and they were like we're gonna bring out this big comic 
if we did, would you be the feature act? And I was like, a hundred percent. Yeah, that sounds great. You know, they like broke it down like this is what the pay is and stuff. And then they followed up with me like a month later and they're like, oh, we couldn't get that person because it was over a hundred thousand dollars for one mm -hmm. night. <laughs> and they were like, that is more than we plan on making. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, totally makes sense. <laughs> but, but they could put on a really great show, mm -hmm. you know, and like, like I have people that put me on their shows just because they want my fan base. Yeah. And then they see me perform and they're like, oh, she's actually good. All ages <laughs> shows, I'm not that good. Because I'm always nervous. Where am I? Who's my environment? Don't swear. Don't swear. Fuck. Don't swear. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, then I'll go on an adult show. It's like, oh, she's actually funny. So, but you think about it, you get you and me and a couple of locals on a show. So one of the things that I used to do is the Planet Comic Con comedy show when they would bring out Lisa Correa. Lisa oh, okay. used to do Yakov Smirnoff's jokes and she's done Nickelodeon and stuff. She's like four foot tall. She's friggin' adorable. Very funny. And she would go as a guest to Kansas city and then she would get all the locals in. And then mm. I hit her up and I'm like, Hey, can I do it? And she was like, yeah, of course. And it was like, Oh, okay. So then, you know, so yeah. but something like that, you get like people like me and you get a couple of people that have good, uh, marketing and good popularity in pretty much any area people will go out of their way to see us and then you bring in your locals who bring in their friends and family as well and now you have a really strong uh strong show that's affordable yeah yeah definitely I mean it's you know that's like anytime like I travel I try to like bring in like a local comic or whatever yes. and then like try to like just do my best to bring it up but it's like you know it took me I don't know five times touring up and down the west coast to be able to get like enough emails and enough contacts and enough tries and the right venues all to like you know it, it takes a while to build all that but then once you have it you know it's like it's it's way better um, but let's say that you you're you know you're new and you're starting out and you don't necessarily have that what yeah. do you have you have the yeah. fact that you are not local and mm -hmm. that alone has value. That's true. Yeah, definitely. People are like someone. LA comics when they come to Phoenix. <laughs> so it was actually funny. Um, I don't know if you know uh, Paul Moonjean. I don't think so. So he's out of LA and he had come to Tucson and he took me out to, uh, to LA. Oh, nice. And it was all small shows, but it was really cool. And, uh, you know, I had a great time and, you know, it was, I was still an out of towner and I still uh -huh. had popularity and I could bring in different locals that might not necessarily go to your venue because they're coming to see me. Yeah. Yeah, so, definitely. Like it's, it's like, uh, you know, just changing it up, having a new face, a fresh face, all that matters of like, you know, they're seeing comedy shows happen in the area, but they've like, oh, I, I don't know this person. Maybe I'll go check it out just to, out of curiosity, even if you're, right. you have no fame or anything like that. It might just be Especially if it's at a, a, an affordable place. Yeah. You know, yeah. everybody Ticket wants the big, important. big, big shows, but nobody thinks about like the small venues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so, the 40, 50 seaters that, you know. Yeah, yeah. the restaurants. The restaurants, the and breweries, the own. wineries. Exactly. Yeah. Like create your own and 
you know, that's what one of the things that happened here was, is that like, I had found a venue and I had talked to them and I was like, I really like this venue. And I think it would be great for this. And, uh, you know, my buddy went and hit him up and now he does regular shows there. And sometimes I do it and sometimes I don't. And it's right down the <laughs> street nice. from my house. And so, like, yeah. Yeah, that's very nice. So what projects do you have going on right now that you've been working on? And So right now is uh, my husband's art book. And I've been doing a lot of, um, I do a lot of the back end on that. I mean, I was used as like reference and there are pieces that were modeled after me because there again, <laughs> utilize what you have, build off their fan base as well. And yeah. everybody loves him. So, you know, so yeah, we, we've been working on that. And then I also do a calendar every year. So my, uh, my cosplay calendar this year was cosplay seasons. Last year was cosplay visions. Uh, before that was the <laughs> cause lingerie calendar. So I always do something fun, um, 13 months. And then what I do is to talk about maximizing because I have a heavy comic book fan base. What we do is we take every month has two images, mm-hmm. you know, a big one and a little one. And then I take both of those images and I have double-sided posters available. So you can have a double-sided poster. Then you can also get the book, which is comic book sized. So you bag it and board it, put it between your comics and hide it from your wife. And it has (laughs) those images in there. And then I put like little quotes from um, the characters or their genre or whatever in it, depending on what it is. Sometimes you can't find a quote from a character. Um, I love the idea of it being comic book size. (laughs) That's that's really fun that you're like, yeah, it's just, it goes with all of your collectibles. (laughs) Exactly. And those are things that I'll see like, oh, you put out a book that's eight and a half by 11. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, sometimes people want to do things differently without thinking about how to make that work. They're just really hung up on their idea and not how to make this work. So I'm that person that'll be like, how do we make things work like that? And there's other people Mm -hmm. that I'm like, don't make your stuff comic book size. It doesn't fit in a comic book. Um, realm it doesn't make sense it's not a comic book it's not something comic book people even want so let's market you over here like this yeah so you're the sketchbook and the calendar are they both like digital download too or they just print only or so what i do is they are digital download but they are also print so you can get the digital with any order, but like, if you don't want to buy anything physical, you can just get the the digital. So I try okay. to mix it up. And that was like, um, like our book fire, my book fire bitch. Well, our book fire bitch and, um, unstable frequencies. Those are even on Amazon digitally mm. so that you can, um, you know, you can do it that way. Cause I, I want the Amazon fan base. Yeah. Oh man. I can tell you it's, just like the amount of searches that happen every hour. Like, it's like, yeah, of course, like just being up in that search is a great <laughs> thing. Yes. And I want that. And I want, um, I want my book confessions of a cosplay diva. That's the one that I was thinking of that, uh, I could even possibly have them print. I've seen some of their prints, so some of their printed books, and I'm not thrilled with it, honestly. I, 
Um, I really like the one that I chose, but I could totally see again when people create it, you get to choose the quality, right? Do you? Yeah. So again, you know how people are. They're gonna be like, yeah, this one clearly is the cheapest. Let me go with the cheapest. I did not go with the cheapest when I did my coloring book. I did like the higher grade that other people suggested. Um, and I really love the quality of the the cover and the back cover are like a really nice, like almost rubber, rubbery cover. It's nice. Okay. And then the pages are are totally thick, great. No problem there with the the single pages. So for my coloring book, I think it turned out nicely. Um, and I have seen a few Amazon books that were definitely printed from Amazon, like actual books. And uh, yeah, they're hit or miss. So I, I don't, you know, I think it just comes down to when you're setting it up, making sure that you pick the right one. Um, but yeah, they walk you through it and talk about it. And then you can, I just end up Googling, like, what are these thicknesses and what people suggest and Okay. Yeah, I just I'm took still my time. To that. Like I said, we just got our books up digitally, a couple of our titles up digitally on Amazon, but I don't know if I would let them print a comic book for me because there's yeah, a collector-based situation in there. Right. But I think that I would let them do my pinup book, provided they don't have a problem with it. Yeah. With I don't content. know. I can't imagine they really would. Um, You'd be surprised at what people have a problem with these days. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm i glad that you told me about that because I will absolutely, because I want that Amazon fan base. Yeah. You know, those it's are all the... new people that Never I have no, yeah. now can you get their email addresses? You can, because you can, uh, you can put, you could change your book slightly and make the first page have a QR code and say, scan this. And I'll give you an extra digital download or whatever it is, but they got to put their email in there and then just have that because yeah, then, then that just goes with every book on the first page. And um, a lot of people are doing that to like get the emails from people from Amazon. Cause yeah, right now I've, you know, every coloring book I've sold on Amazon, I've, I have no idea of names, emails, nothing unless they scan a QR code and sign up. So. Okay. I like that. I'm going to, uh, I love talking to you about marketing because you're so smart and you have <laughs> an amazing like mind for thinking outside the box. It's something that I caught on about you like right away that you are not doing the average ordinary tried and true thing. Yeah. I'm, you know, it's just, it's all about sustainability. You know, that's what it comes down to is like, like, like we're talking at the beginning of this. So just, you know, I want I want to keep doing stand up, so I need to make it possible for me to live off of stand up. You know, and it's not always the easiest, but that's why it's like I make a TV show and I make a coloring book and I make these things that can like sell themselves online every day that I don't have to like keep working on. So it's not truly passive income; it's a lot of upfront work. But you know, over time, you know, it really pays off. And I mean. I can imagine like probably what you've seen from like the first year you did your calendar to like probably now doing the calendar, like yeah. the growth and changes and like, cause I think I, I looked earlier today and your calendar was at like over $50,000. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. how much did your first one raise? Like the first one you ever did? The first one I did, I didn't do by myself. I did with, with, um, other cosplay girls but yes the first one that I did on my own 
I want to say I made like $6,000. Yeah. So like six grand to like over 50,000. Like <laughs> Absolutely. But I also changed platforms too. Yeah. So I went to Indiegogo the first time because I didn't think that, um, that they would um, really, that people would really gravitate to a cosplay product as easily. So if I'm looking at my, I also did some photo books too. So yeah, if I look into that i want to say it was about six thousand <laughs> and you know it's very very different so the first one that i did where i moved to um where i moved to, to kickstarter i made 30. okay so my 2021 let's see 2020 2019 2017 i think 2017 might have been my first one and I made maybe I made less um I made 37.75 I made 30 I made me just under four thousand dollars yeah so that's even worse than I uh than I, than I, thought. <laughs> I ruined a nice memory <laughs> that's okay no it's, it's even better it's like wow I've really expanded yeah you know Can, over time like because like like if you anyone if you told someone that they were going to make roughly four grand off of their art and they're like starting out they'll be like yeah that's that's amazing you know like that's that'll be thrilled i mean you know i i can't imagine if i made if someone told me i i did a tv show or something and made four thousand dollars that would be like that's crazy and it's like that's like your starting point and then like you just every year have like tweaked and changed and then like now it's like 50. Like what was like the big breakthrough for you to go from three to 50? I don't know. The big breakthrough to go from three to 50. Shit. I don't even know. Um, It would, it would have to have been, it would have to have been moving to Kickstarter. Mm. Because, you know, it was, I think that I made 10 on a book or something and yeah, it definitely is um, different. It's a different platform. It's a different fan base. Is it just so, the built-in like search of of Kickstarter that helps you so much, or? Um, I think it's that my backers are people that back comic book campaigns, so they um, already are on Kickstarter, and so they they're not making a new the account. They're like, that's the issue. Is like, it's like a. Like Indiegogo, they're like, I don't have an account for Indiegogo, but I do have a Kickstarter account. Right. And interesting. Indiegogo, I mean, it really was a lot of building up myself. And you can see those numbers and you should look at those numbers too. Look at those analytics. Like what did, you know, what did you, where did your numbers come from? Mm -hmm. You know, you want to be boosting your stuff everywhere. You want that to all spiderweb back to you too. Like, you know, you know, sure, you can do it on Kickstarter. And there are going to be people that are going to say, well, you can just do it on your own and make all that money. No, you can't. Because you don't have a platform of people that like what you have that go yeah. there to find those things. Yeah, 100% true. It's like, I, I just don't think people understand how hard it is to, like, grow and keep a fan base somewhere. Like, like you know, even... 
it, I mean, not only like talking about like social medias and stuff like that and like keeping email lists, but just like telling, like I'm constantly talking about like my projects and, you know, you're really good at like reminding people of your projects. And I guarantee you, you and I still run into people and you go, I got this thing. And they go, oh, I didn't even know you've ever done that thing. <laughs> like <laughs> from the beginning, you know, you're like, I did a calendar and I've been doing a calendar every year. And they go, I didn't know you did calendars. <laughs> like it's it's so, so hard to just stay in front of people. So like to imagine to be like, yeah, I'm going to make my own Kickstarter platform, <laughs> you know, type of thing is crazy. It is. And and people don't know. And I'll I'll get people that'll be like, oh, can you help me with this? And it's like, well, show me what you got. And it's funny because a lot of times what it is, is they have a million dollar idea. And um, if you'll just build it for me, do it for me. <laughs> And, um, I'll just tell you about it. You can write it all. You can create the product. I don't know where to get it printed. So you're going to have to do that too. I will give you one us dollar for every piece you sell. Yeah. It sounds like I'm doing all the friggin' work. Why don't I just do my own idea? Do it yourself. And who are you? Like people yeah. with no profile pictures. You have no profile picture. I'm looking at your your Facebook page. I'm looking at your Twitter. You have nothing. Who the freaking crap are you? You're nobody. You're from nowhere. Build yourself something. You can have an idea, but an idea isn't worth anything without the yeah. momentum behind it. And people a lot of times like, I'm so pissed. This person's so stupid. And I don't understand why I'm so much smarter than them, clearly. And they're so stupid. Why am I not making all this money? And they are. Because they're putting mm-hmm. people yeah put in the work yeah the ideas are the easy part for sure it's the it's the execution of it you know like <laughs> like every yeah you know especially you like in the help. creative there world there are people that will help you yeah yeah there's i mean there's you know tons of you know podcasts and advice and youtube Be channels willing and to stuff learn. yeah and, you know i'm always like put your money where your mouth is that's a huge thing for me that I find that people will be like, I need $8 million to make this happen. Then maybe mm-hmm. you're not ready for that. Yeah. You, you know, know I, I like big ideas. I, I think in big ideas. So I love big, like thoughtful, but like you got to figure out how to make like some of it happen. <laughs> and like, If you can't make a dollar, you can't make a million dollars. So yeah, that's tough. where it's like, go out, make a dollar, go out, make a dollar. And stop getting sidetracked with things that are not important. And that's kind of like what we talked about at the beginning. You know, if you get sidetracked on, I'm going to go do my OnlyFans and cram things in my places, then you're not focusing on your real goal. Um, Also, you can't only talk about that. You can't just be like, buy my, buy my, buy my, buy my. Why should I buy anything from you? Who are you? Who are you? Let people know who you are. Yeah. Yeah, it just it, you know, it all takes if time. It can't happen. If you are overnight. not willing to give them your time, why would they give you theirs? Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. I, I'm also a big, big proponent of, of gratitude. So I always tell people, you know, not everyone is going to be a celebrity, not everybody is going to be a star, but you can be working and living and doing well in entertainment without being the most famous person in the world. You know, there can only be one Scarlett Johansson. There can only be one Gabriel Iglesias. Yeah. You be you. I mean, 
there's a lot of like very talented comedians that people have never heard of that are crushing it, making great money every year, solid money, you know, mm. doctor salaries, <laughs> just, oh, just doing their thing, just doing and, and, and just grinding and making, making tours happen and traveling and, you know, living a good life. So yeah, I, I, I do believe it. it's like possible, especially now, like there's so many opportunities to like really kind of grow your your art in so many different ways. Like even if you're a graphic design artist or something, you know, there's different ways to get out there. Um, Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, But to bring it back to what we're talking about, um, when, when, when does your, your calendar end? When does the sketchbook end? And um, like, what's the, what's the follow-up after that? Like when they're over, what do you, what's your next stages? So the Kickstarter sketchbook ends on the 6th okay, and uh, the 6th of January, and that will roll over to Indiegogo and be there as long as people want it. As long as people are buying it, um, then absolutely it'll be there. The calendar is currently on Indiegogo. The Kickstarter is ended, but you can get all of the goodies and all the extra stretch goals and stuff through the, um, through the Indiegogo while supplies last kind of a situation and um you know you can always hit me up for anything as well but i definitely suggest you know showing your support through those campaigns because it is um it's much easier for me <laughs> than trying to take private sale orders which i will yeah, do I um but it also kind of it builds that it, it builds that pot it shows people like yeah this is how much you've done. This is where this has gone. This is what you are kind of worth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you yeah, know, and I'm true. always down for helping anyone who wants to really put it out there, but I will make you prove it to yourself. A lot of people have ideas. They want help, but then you go to do it and they changed their mind. They saw a squirrel. So make sure that when you're in this <laughs> business and you're doing these things, you love it because you will have long nights on the road, hours behind a wheel. You will be tired. You will be cranky. You will be sore. And when you get up on that stage, that's that moment. And it, it doesn't matter <laughs> if there are five people or 50 people, like you feel that. And if you don't, if you don't have that feeling in your gut that this is where you need to be and that it was worth it you're not doing it for the right reason you do not go into entertainment because you want to be famous yeah there's there's quicker ways <laughs> yeah you you go into it because you love it if you go into it with the idea well, i'm going to make all this money you're very yeah. likely not going to make all this money and you're not going to appreciate it you're not going to enjoy it you're not going to do the work and that's okay it's not a dig it's just saying find something that you love that gives you that feeling mm-hmm because yeah. let me tell you, as entertainers, you know this just like I do. We're suckers. We're like junkies, you know? Like that $50, I'll spend that all on food and drinks, but getting on that stage, like that's where I live. So yeah. please buy our swag, buy our merch. Because <laughs> one, me and Zach both were like, really, we think outside the box. I have booby mouse pads because I will do that. <laughs> And you got a coloring book. We will do that because we love 
entertainment. Yeah. We love making people happy. We love making them laugh. We love making them feel good because it makes us feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. It's all selfish reasons. <laughs> <laughs> help me help you help me help me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Enjoy this so I can enjoy this. <laughs> there you go. Don't yeah. do it for you. Do it for me. <laughs> awesome. Um, so where can people find you online? Um, you can find me anywhere as AZ Power Girl, like the letter A-Z Power Girl. Um, you can find me anywhere under that. And you can find me on YouTube. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the website. You can find me anywhere. Yeah. You know, you you didn't even try if you can't (laughs) find me. (laughs) Yes, AC Power Girl, absolutely everywhere. Um, And never do that. (laughs) Never give yourself a name that, you know, you're going to be stuck with that's kind of weird and odd. But if you are, (laughs) own it. Hey, it sticks. AC Power Girl is easy to remember, though. I don't know. I get a lot of easy power girl. What? Easy that, oh, power really? girl. What's I never that? Really about that. From the you... first time I heard it, it was always like stuck in my brain. It was easy to remember. But it was I think. Easy to remember. Yeah, it was easy to remember. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I think we should do this every year, just like your calendars. And we should. We should... We should just catch up, see what projects you got going on, and uh, you know, just talk about life, comedy, cosplay, anything, you know, anything. Yeah, you know, and if you ever just want to do this intermittently, let's let's do it. Yeah, I I think so. I'm gonna think of a I'm gonna think of a topic for you and I to cover, and everyone you know, listening, feel I free to send in ideas. Should come up with a topic for you. Yeah, and I send it. Yeah, the fans should send in a topic listen to this episode and then, and then be like, you guys should talk about this thing. And, uh, and then we'll do it. I'll, I'll set it up, make sure. And it send all your questions. Like I want to know about this, or I want to know that we will do that. Oh, I would be down to do a Q and a episode. That would be fun. I haven't done one of those in a long time. I did it once on the podcast here and it was very short because I had like very few questions. <laughs> so it was, we'll it was just year, make up I think the years rest. ago. Yeah. We'll just fill them in. <laughs> um okay well thank you so much for being on the show i appreciate you and it was wonderful catching up absolutely cool 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 so yeah if you have any questions for either one of us you know just go ahead and message us through all of this information that uh he's given you all here yeah everything will be in the show notes you'll find ways to to find az power girl and you'll find ways to find zach lyman podcast and uh thank you all for listening and outro music <laughs>